This segment is dedicated to providing our Eventus team with the very latest updates in the skilled nursing facilities industry. Now, many of us go about our daily obligation to take care of patients and to take care of the facilities that we serve. However, an understanding of what is going on in this industry on a macro level really allows us to have a better understanding as to the challenges that our facilities and our patients face today. Having a general sense of the impact that certain regulation changes and policies have on our facilities really allows us to tailor our practices, provide meaningful approaches to problem solving, and helps promote an understanding that leads to a more collegial relationship with our buildings. Now, many of you have heard of all the dynamic changes taking place in the skilled nursing facility sector. I will attempt to bring clarity to some of those changes that not only impact the building, but can also impact our own approach to the facilities that we serve. I would like to start off with an update on the financial pressures and the staffing crisis that the long-term care industry faces. Now, please note that I'll be speaking to the various challenges skilled nursing facilities face for the foreseeable future. Although it may seem like a whole bunch of doom and gloom, there are some opportunities for us as a group to come together, understand this plight, and do what we can to help mitigate some of the blows that our facilities take. Now, it probably goes without saying that the history of the financial pressures facing skilled nursing facilities spans on the order of decades. Much of the issues in the way they are paid by CMS. It seems as if these facilities have always encountered challenges to keeping their doors open. And even before the pandemic, many of these facilities were operating at a, at a single-digit gross margin at best. The pandemic further worsened their financial positions. And in fact, skilled nursing facilities have faced reimbursement cuts for quite some time now in a sequential manner. Now, over the last few years, we've seen a significant increase in patient acuity come through our doors. And add to that the fact that many of our patients are also aging in place on the long-term side, and we have a very clinically demanding and expensive population to care for. While here at Eventus, we recognize what we must do to deliver the care necessary for these patients. It's also becoming much more challenging for facilities to provide an adequate level of services to meet the needs of these very patients with the financial and staffing concerns at the forefront. Now, given the regulatory landscape for skilled nursing facilities, and even prior to the pandemic, they were already having a difficult time retaining quality employees at every level. You all have witnessed significant turnover in your buildings over the years. And whether it be the administrator, the director of nursing, nursing staff, CNAs, housekeeping, social services, admissions coordinators, and so on and so on. Now, of course, there are many factors that lead to this turnover. And whether it be corporate ownership culture, low wages, people migrating to less stressful opportunities, and of course, the precarious financial position these facilities are in, all lead to significant employee retention concerns in these facilities. The downstream effects of this is palpable in that the aforementioned issues can potentially impact direct patient care. Now, despite its history, the financial and staffing crisis has really come into the main spotlight and was further exacerbated during the pandemic, which has been ongoing for the past three years or so. We've therefore reached the point where many facilities are finding it difficult to keep their doors open. And we are in an era where we will see significant consolidation of facilities and changes in ownership both now and in the future. This is concerning as many of these facilities provide a very valuable health service in the communities that they serve. So what exactly are some of the factors playing into the precarious financial and staffing position that these buildings face? Well, let's start with the way facilities are reimbursed for their services. The major player involved for reimbursement for these buildings is CMS. Now, both Medicare and Medicaid make up an enormous portion of the funding and revenue generation for skilled nursing facilities. Declining reimbursements to these facilities from CMS has been a huge factor in their ability to remain financially solvent. Month over month, it is a constant pressure for them to meet their basic obligations, including payroll. 
let alone direct patient care. Current Medicaid rates countrywide do not necessarily reflect the true cost of caring for our aging in place long-term population. The PDPM payment system that was put into place to help improve reimbursement for taking on complex post-acute care patients is usually no longer sufficient to meet the cost demands that the building faces to care for these very patients. Now keep in mind there's no added workforce investment or reimbursement to help achieve any of the goals of cost containment and staffing improvement. Surveys are also showing that at least 45% of nursing home providers say that their workforce situation has worsened in the prior eight months or so. We also have to remember that while doctor's offices, home health care agencies, hospice agencies have recovered to pre-pandemic employment levels, skilled nursing facilities are short almost a quarter million employees. These are the numbers that the long-term care industry needs to hire just to reach parity with pre-pandemic staffing levels. And when you also have surveys reporting that 96% of skilled nursing facilities in this country cannot hire workers, this is also new. Now, they've always had challenges in hiring, but this level of challenge is definitely unprecedented. Now, many in nursing have also turned to staffing agencies and contract work. Therefore, many skilled nursing facilities cannot match the compensation that agencies are offering, and as such, these facilities cannot employ their own nursing staff and therefore are obligated to pay very high agency rates just to keep staffing requirements in place so they can care for their patients. So how do we come up with this shortfall to meet the needs of the patient? It's a very good question for which there's no easy answer. Now this is happening all the while having to take care of higher acuity patients and therefore it's a perfect storm for less than ideal outcomes. Now these staffing limitations also in turn then limit the number of new admissions a facility can take and thereby impacting their ability to once again to keep themselves in a positive financial situation. Early in the pandemic, we saw that the demand for post-acute care and long-term care in skilled nursing facilities dropped significantly. However, demand is rebounding over the past few months, but these numbers are still not at pre-pandemic levels. Of course, this could represent an opportunity for nursing homes to reinvent themselves with a lower census. However, this will take years, and many of these facilities simply do not have that sort of time. Therefore, in the immediate term, balancing a lower census with maintaining financial solvency is a challenge. And furthermore, to accommodate this increasing demand and remaining without adequate staff, the question remains how facilities can meet the increasing demand in their local communities. To further complicate the staffing situation, there's a staffing proposal made by CMS to be formalized this coming spring, where nursing homes must now meet a minimum staffing mandate, which includes eight hours a day of mandatory RN presence, in addition to promoting a higher ratio of LPN and CNA hours to every patient. This mandate will also require that each patient receive at least four hours of direct nursing and CNA care per day. The question remains, where do they find these employees and how do they pay for them? Does CMS have it right? Well, actually, some studies actually suggest otherwise, and we do now have a few of them. The latest one is in JAMA, and it was done by a team at University of California, Irvine, and University of Chicago, demonstrating that perhaps the current staffing mandate proposal set to drop in spring may not necessarily be ideal. They propose that keeping a set average day-to-day -day staffing level may be a key way to measure impact on nursing home quality. They found that nursing homes that keep day-to-day -day nursing staff stable by avoiding days with low LPN or CNA presence perform better on a variety of patient outcomes. So the shift really needs to be investment in the LPN and CNA care rendered in these facilities as opposed to fully dedicating it to RN hours. Yet CMS has not offered any additional input or resolution on the matter. And studies such as these do show that the current CMS staffing mandate that could come to us in the springtime may not necessarily have the quality impact that CMS feels it could. Now, as a result of this and other study findings, organizations such as Leading Age, the American Healthcare Association, the American Medical Director Association, and many others are calling for more advocacy on this front. 
they're actually encouraging members to write to CMS to oppose the adoption of the minimum staffing ratio mandate without the necessary workforce investments and reimbursement levels to ensure that residents receive the care that they deserve. Now let's pivot a bit and let's move on to the issues surrounding survey. Now we're all familiar with the process of state and federal survey. Now skilled nursing facilities are typically surveyed anywhere from five to seven times a year on average, which includes a once annual survey. And then of course, recurrent surveys based on any complaints received by residents, family members, or staff. Now for those of you that have worked with me for some time, you know that for years I have advocated for facilities to always remain patient-centric as opposed to survey-centric as remaining patient-centric can usually lead to a better survey outcome automatically. Unfortunately, the latest outcomes of the current survey process have demonstrated that patient centricity is second to pleasing a surveyor entering our facilities. This creates a significant disconnect between facility administration and medical directors and clinical teams at times. Now, I can ask you, how many times have many of you listening to this podcast encountered a request by an administrator or a DON simply to placate a surveyor as opposed to that very request being what is needed in the best interest of the patient? I could personally tell you that I have come across this situation many times in my many years of practice as a medical director and as attending physician in the post-acute long-term care medicine. There is, however, ongoing strong advocacy calling for a total revamp of the survey process. And until then, so as long as the current process remains in place, patient care really cannot be optimized due to what I call the, quote, fear factor and paralysis surrounding the specter of surveys. To put the effects of survey into perspective just consider the following. There's been a steady, consistent increase in the average CMS skilled nursing penalty associated with citations given to buildings. There has been a steep rise in the per day penalties as well. Now note that skilled nursing properties can be penalized for either the number of days that a facility has been out of compliance with the federal requirement, the so-called per diem fine, or for each episode of non-compliance, the so-called per instance fine. CMS can also deny payments for any new admissions the facility takes. So many of you have experienced that after a survey, a facility may temporarily halt any new admissions, and that is a direct result of uh, the denial of payments they would potentially receive given their citations that are in play. What we do know is that this hampers the ability of the facility to take on any new admissions and actually does a disservice to the patients in need of that care. To put this into numbers, between 2010 and 2021, we see that the average per day fine go from $1,500 a day in 2010 up to $12,000 a day in 2021. It is obvious that the pandemic has played a large role in this, but keep in mind that nursing homes had meager resources to deal with the pandemic from the very beginning, yet we're still expected to maintain a high level of infection control vigilance without any guidance. Add on to that penalties that were incurred through no fault of their own. And this example of the, an example of this would really be something like getting a citation for infection control because on the day of survey, you do not have an infection preventionist on site because that very infection preventionist is on the floor to cover a nursing shortage. Yet the facility is liable for that very situation. So you can see it gets rather complicated. Now, the punitive nature of the survey process is indeed contributing to administrator burnout and deepening the ongoing labor crisis. At times, surveyors will come in to render a citation and steal penalties, come back again and cite the facility again for the same infraction, all before the facility even has a moment to shore up their plan of correction. The survey process as it stands is an outdated sticks and more sticks system, as stated by Dr. Arif Nazir, who's a leader in this space. Even the supposed carrots are used as sticks in the current process. But we also know that this dampens morale, this dampens motivation, and instills a crisis of culture that has a trickle-down effect on every aspect of a skilled nursing facility. 
ultimately it affects the patient. Now there's strong advocacy to make the survey process a more collaborative process. However, until such advocacy translates into change, the facilities that we serve will be subject to the current status quo. That will require us as Eventus team members to do what we can to help guide facilities through any survey that comes on their way. However, the question remains if there is hope on the horizon. Well, I'm here to tell you that I do have hope. I do have a positive outlook for this industry. And as a result of all the challenges delineated, advocacy for the skilled nursing facility industry has never been higher. We have so many people across so many different walks of life and disciplines that are speaking out for post-acute long-term care medicine and for the facilities. Physicians, advanced practice providers, administrators, heads of large organizations, advocates for geriatric care, and even some hospital systems are all advocating for solutions to help keep valuable long-term care and post-acute care services available in their local communities. Now, it may take some time to realize that positive trajectory, but personally, and having encountered many stakeholders in this industry, there's never been a more exciting time to be a part of positive change for a critically important element of healthcare. So what can we as Eventus providers and team members do? Well, the answer may not be obvious as we're usually not involved in the facility operations, but let's be sure that we help address all the needs that a facility has as it relates to patient care. That is not to say you need to do everything on the same day that you are there, but rather triage the needs, but definitely communicate that triage in the timeline with which you will address the specific needs being requested of you for that patient. Remember that addressing patient concerns in a timely manner results in better outcome, and indirectly that outcome at a lower cost. It also helps promote facility camaraderie and teamwork in an environment where morale may be low in those buildings. Let's also do what we can to help balance the cost concerns that these facilities have. Let's rely on our clinical acumen and not on over-ordering testing. Ask yourself if transportation to that patient specialist is absolutely necessary as a facility usually eats the cost of transportation, whether it be on the post-acute patient or the long-term care patient. Ask yourself if a more expensive medication is needed when a cheaper one would do. Let's help the current staffing issue by minimizing the number of medications a patient is on so as to reduce med pass times by the nursing staff. Let's ask ourselves if the sliding scale insulin, the frequent finger stick blood sugar checks, the frequent vital signs are necessary given the current clinical condition. This actually frees up nursing staff to be more available to the direct care needs of the patient. Let's do our best to help promote documentation that is timely and commensurate with the facility's ability to capture the complexity of care of that patient. Doing so not only helps us as providers, but also helps the facility capture additional revenue to help provide that very care inside of their building. Let's not shy away from engaging surveyors when asked. Of course, keep your replies to any questions short and to the point, but engaging surveyors at times does bring a sense of calm to facility leaders. And once again, I want you all to remember, never discount your position as a clinician in the building. You have significant value and significant worth to the survey process. Let's also work to help promote an environment so that every member of staffing at that building feels valued. Everyone from the housekeeper up on through the administrator has a role to play. Acknowledge these roles, speak with them, joke with them, ask them about their day, their life, their families, their goal. This pandemic also highlighted the significant role our CNAs play in patient care, yet facilities found themselves undervaluing their role. We now have a significant shortage of qualified CNAs to render the type of care that our patients deserve. So make them an integral part of the team. Speak with them about the patients that you're taking care of. Many times over, you'll probably be surprised with the insight they have about Mr. Smith, who that CNA has helped with their routine activities throughout the day for the last couple of months. Let's also make sure that we advocate, advocate, and advocate. 
write to your legislators about the challenges that our facilities face and that without sweeping changes, many patients will be left without adequate care, the very care that they deserve. Let them know that without changes, our goal of providing value-based care through optimization of patient outcome becomes much more difficult to achieve. Be that voice for change. You are definitely empowered to do so. Now, the most important thing I can ask for all of you is just to have an understanding of the challenges that this industry faces. We're all churning and burning and taking care of our patients and the needs of each and every facility that we serve. However, we must also remain empathetic to their situation. We must remain committed to doing our part to help in any way we can beyond just patient care. Doing so can help you better understand why a member of the floor team or the administrative team at a facility may be having a bad day. It may help you better understand why administrators and nursing leaders in a building behave the way they do or ask for things that the way they do. That is not to say, however, that you accept anything less than a positive working environment at your facilities. It's actually quite the contrary. Understanding their challenges may afford you the ability to help build relationships and to help foster and improve culture inside of your buildings. Sometimes a simple acknowledgement of someone's challenges is enough to make their day. So let's all strive to be that positive force. Let's all keep our patients front and center, but also recognize that there are many moving pieces around us. Let's all find our intrinsic motivation to not only continue to provide the very care that we do, but also be a part of solutions that will make working in this industry an absolute privilege.